I'm Jade. And I'm Shauna. And this is Wellness Speaks, a podcast about functional medicine and healthy living. Hey guys, welcome to Wellness Speaks, where today we are continuing our little series on cleaning up the environment in your home. So we have discussed multiple chemical sensitivity and skincare products. Uh, So now we are going to look specifically at indoor air quality and air purifiers. So according to the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, air in our homes is two to five times more toxic than the air outside. And most people spend about 90% of their time indoors. Uh, So this air inside contains more than 900 potentially harmful chemicals. So many chemicals are to blame, such as mold spores and pollen and radon, carbon monoxide and dander. And, you know, we really just need to be paying attention to how well our homes are ventilated and making sure our heating and air systems are working efficiently and getting a really great air purifying system in place. Um, That statistic of people spending 90% of their time indoors really kind of floors me because um, that's that's a lot of time to be inside. But when you think about it, it's, I mean, it's not just in your home. It's like at work too, but, um, and you know, kids at school and whatnot, but that is a whole other topic in and of itself, I guess, that maybe we need to be spending more time outside. But since we spend so much of our time indoors, super important to address this. Um, so in addition to things like you talked about, like the mold and, uh, pollen and radon, um, the indoor use of things like pesticides and cleansers, um, When you are painting or putting varnish on something, uh, things like air fresheners, so this includes candles and even incense, these all distribute toxins throughout your house. Um, And many cleansers, like home cleaning agents, contain ethylene-based glycol ethers and terpenes. And so um, these ethers and terpenes, I'm going to start that paragraph over and we'll just cut it in. So the indoor use of pesticides, cleansers, uh, paints and varnishes, and even air fresheners, so this would include candles and incense, they distribute toxins throughout the home. And many cleansers contain ethylene-based glycol ethers and terpenes. So these are toxic ingredients that can be found in your indoor air that are uh, directly linked to things like allergies and asthma. Yes, for sure. And air freshening sprays, those are some of the most common cause of high VOCs in the home. So get those out of there. Definitely get those out of there. For sure. Because ironically, they make your air not so fresh after all. Uh, Right. Um, so VOCs or volatile organic chemicals, these are found in carpets and the glue that holds them in place as well as other chemicals that are used in flooring installations. So like wood laminates, things like that, um, things other than carpet. So these VOCs exist in levels that can be two to five times higher indoors than out. And volatile organic chemicals are linked to cancer as well as heart and lung disease. So VOCs can also be found in paint, um, but there are lots of non-VOC options out there. And we spoke about this a bit in our multiple chemical sensitivity episode. So make sure to check that out to find out more about um, non-VOC paint options. Yeah. 
and Definitely. synthetic air fresheners. So these are like a Glade or a Sensi type plugin. Um, again, we did speak about these, and you guys know these are like my least favorite things on earth. Um, <laughs> they emit VOCs continuously, so the whole time they're on. Some of these contain P-dichlorobenzene or PDCB. This is a chlorinated VOC. Um, it's a toxin that's commonly found in mothballs and other pest repellents. I totally associate mothballs with my grandmother. She always kept them in closets. And she also, <laughs> she had really severe asthma and I'm thinking this did not oh, help gosh. at all. Yeah, yeah. probably not. Well, you know, sure. That generation was really the first generation to have all of these like, um, products of convenience, like clean your home mm-hmm. with 409, that type of stuff. So, yeah. you know, didn't, they didn't know how toxic it was at that part at that point. Um, but studies show that estimated cancer risks from PDCB exposure at high concentrations actually surpasses the risk associated with most other VOCs. Um, so basically the air fresheners out there are like the most toxic in home air pollutants that you can possibly have. Candles yeah, can And be- I know well, I was just gonna mention real fast. Uh-huh. I know you you already said this, but um, I just want to stress again that if you haven't listened to the multiple chemical sensitivity episode, go do that because we get into more detail on all of these. And also we talk about how they really um, affect your health and what they can be doing and different symptoms that you can be having that you may not even realize are related to a lot of these chemicals. Yeah, so. for sure. They're sneaky. Yeah. They're sneaky and yeah, we're not told about them very readily. Yeah. Um so candles can be another big no-no. And as someone with chemical sensitivities, I stopped burning candles a really long time ago. Like long before I ever even realized why they were toxic. I just knew that, you know, mostly because of the headaches that the fragrances would cause me to have. Um, and so most mainstream candles are made of paraffin wax. So if you checked out our skincare episode last week... You will know that this is a petroleum byproduct and it's just as toxic when it's absorbed through your skin as it is through your lungs. So when paraffin is heated or when like, you know, when the candle's burning, um, benzene and toluene are produced and they're released into the air and both benzene and toluene are known carcinogens. So the toxins released from paraffin candles are actually the same as those that are found in diesel fuel fumes. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So, you know, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, if it helps to deter somebody from burning paraffin candles indoors, you can just imagine like pumping the exhaust from a big <laughs> diesel truck into your house every time you feel yeah. the to burn one of those candles. <laughs> Yeah. Super yuck. Yeah. And so on top of that, many scented candles also have wicks that contain heavy metals like lead. And, Mm. you know, this is this is one of those topics that are um, huge to me because so many kids test high in lead and And it's not because they're eating paint chips. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) And it leads to all kinds of developmental problems. And um, it's very serious. Yeah, so it's a very serious type of thing. Um, So even just a few hours of burning these candles can create levels of airborne heavy metals that are much higher than the acceptable limits. Um, And in the U.S., candle wicks are supposed to be made of cotton or paper, but studies have actually found that as much as 30% of candles contain the heavy metals in their wicks. So it's just something to be kind of cautious about. Yeah, And I wonder on that, like, is it candle wicks that are produced in the u.s are supposed to be made of cotton or paper or candle wicks used in candles in the u.s 
That's an interesting question. I don't know because I did like a quick Google search on like ordering candle wicks in bulk just because, just to see. And you can certainly order candle wicks from places other than the United States. Yeah. You can order them online from wherever, from like China or wherever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So when you think about it in that, like what if, you know, like I have a couple of friends. I have two different friends here locally that both own candle companies and they both – you know, they, they're very proud to say that their wicks are lead free. And I always thought like, why would you need to tell somebody that? And, yeah. I've been noticing a lot on, uh, um, even, even candles that you can buy in the stores, like in, you know, like target or whatever, it'll uh-huh. say a lot of times it'll be like beeswax candle, lead free wick. So, yeah. yeah. So clearly so a problem that is still prevalent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, any company that's, that's proud of their ethics will tell you on their labels, you know, if their wax is made from something safe like soy or beeswax and whether or not their wicks are lead free. And like a lot of small batch candle companies have also started using essential oils rather than fragrance to scent their candles. So, um, that's a good option. And also if you just like the glow of a candle that like ambiance, then an unscented candle is a really great option as well. Yeah. And, and also, if you're just going for that little glow, they have those little, um, you know, plastic candle things that, that are not really candles. But Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so um, formaldehyde and PCBs are some more toxic compounds that are emitted from many household products, such as things you don't even think about, like the electrical wire coatings. Yeah, and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and what? sealant. Yeah, wood finishes. I mean, it's just, it's it's found everywhere. That's why it's so concentrated in the homes because it's literally found in every little Everything. thing. So um, these things are also found in like carpet and flooring and building material. Um, but breathing in formaldehyde can make you feel really sick and cause symptoms such as sore throat and cough and nosebleed and scratchy eyes. And it is also known to really, really increase cancer, especially in high amounts of formaldehyde, um, and particularly cancer of the nose and throat. Uh, firsthand and secondhand smoke are also other sources of formaldehyde exposure. And um, flame retardants that are used in computer and TV casings and mattresses and uh, different upholsteries, these all contain polypropanated diphenyl ethers or PBDEs. There's a reason and, why that's abbreviated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PBDEs. <laughs> and they, of course, have negative health effects. <laughs> and worse, they even just stockpile in the body. So they just build up and up and up and just right. keep increasing and the like, body. So. like a lot of toxins, the PDBEs actually end up stockpiling in your body because they have an affinity for fat. And so... Uh, they like get super comfy in your fat stores and hang out there. And um, so again, like many toxins, uh, this is particularly bad news for people who have excess fat stores because they will accumulate even more. And it's, um, there have been studies that have showed that um, overweight and obese individuals actually carry a much higher toxic load of compounds like these than um, not necessarily thinner individuals but individuals with less um fat stores so you know you can be thin and still have a lot of excess fat but um 
as opposed to muscle content. But yeah, so excess fat stores mean higher toxic load. Um, They're also found in treated plastics and fabrics, and they are released into dust particles and gases. So you know how when you get a new mattress or a piece of furniture and it smells um, chemically, for lack of a better word? But as it, as I mean, and the name says it, as it off gases, the smell goes away, right? But I mean, that's literally the chemicals moving from the fabric into the air. Yummy. Mm. (laughs) Chemical air with my new couch. Yeah. Yeah. but their levels are increasing at, at pretty alarming levels in people, and they affect animals all over the globe as well. And research has shown that in mice, these PDBEs negatively affect behavior and learning and memory. So what does that sound like? ADHD? Right. Um, you know, so it's not just and like... Lots of learning disabilities. Yeah. yeah. It's not just, um, you know, like... It's not just brain function. It's not just lung function. It's it's long term, like how your how your brain operates. Yeah. All right. So let's look at radon. It's another horrible and very common toxin in the homes. Um, basically, radon is a noxious gas that arises from the soil um, and bedrock that is beneath the homes, and it's probably in most building material as well. And it usually contains radium and uranium. Um, So radon exposure is the number one cause of lung cancer in non-smokers and the second leading cause of development of lung cancer overall. And it causes about 21,000 lung cancer deaths each year, according to the EPA. That's pretty crazy. It is crazy. um, My husband's cousin who's also one of my best friends. Um, She lives in Pennsylvania. And apparently, Pennsylvania, I'm assuming because of all of the, like, mining and the... that happens in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of mining that goes on there. So, like, there's constant, um, like, upturning of the bedrock. But, like, radon is pretty common to have high radon levels, um, like, all over that area. But um, when they bought a home... They, I don't know, a few, like a year after they bought their home or something, they were having like, everybody was kind of having like irritated breathing issue type things. So their home tested for radon and it was like super, 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 super high, like super high levels of radon. And so they had, they're still dealing with it. This was like six months ago and they're still dealing with it. Like you have to come in and you have, they have to like adjust the foundation and like put all these filters in and like make it so that it filters it out from underneath your house and out and away instead of into your home. Uh, um, which is probably not cheap, I would guess. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and like she has two little boys. They're pr- really really young. So oh, wow. um yeah, like really <laughs> scary. She messaged me and was like, "Oh my god. What do I, <laughs> what do I do?" And I was like, "Man, you got to fix it. Like there's no way around it." But Right. That is so um, scary. And yeah. I mean, it's, that's why, you know, that's why we have just so much chronic health conditions these days, just right. because it's everywhere. It's, it's all over the place. And there's so little that seemingly you could do about it. But yeah, well, and yeah. I guess too, with radon, like as a home foundation settles, right. um, even if it was set up initially to where like the radon wouldn't filter up into the house as the foundation settles and the earth settles around it, it can change and it can be like creeping directly up into your house instead of out from underneath it into the air around. So, 
I guess like you need to get, even if you're not in Pennsylvania, you need to get your um, air tested for radon levels periodically. Yeah. Pretty crazy. That is so crazy. So the American Lung Association uh, recommends that you eliminate and then ventilate when considering how to clean the air in your home. So letting fresh air in on a regular basis is probably the easiest, most inexpensive way to actually dilute those indoor air pollutants. So like open your windows as often as possible. Um, Studies show that inside air during the cold winter months is way more toxic than during warmer months when people tend to open their windows more. So take advantage of like those slightly warmer days to ventilate your room. So I know like here in Oklahoma, even when it's winter, it'll be cold. Like a few days ago, it was in the low 60s here. We just had an ice storm the last couple of days. But before that, (laughs) before that, it was like in the low 60s. And so we just turned off all the air and like rocked our windows open for several days. And I mean, it feels really nice and the air comes through and like, I can tell a difference, you know, it's not so stuffy and it's, you can tell that it's a little bit um, easier to breathe. I feel like. I love having our windows open too. I do it as often as possible. And you know, you have to wonder if those studies that show the inside air during the cold winter months, um, showing that that air is more toxic than during the warmer months, if that has something to do with like heating systems itself. But sure. Yeah. So I'm totally not going to pretend to know anything at all about heating and cooling systems because I don't. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but we did do some research on this subject so we could speak about it just a little bit. And this is a super important topic to me as well, because I want my air to be clean, especially for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to have clean air to breathe. So I learned a lot about this during this research and yeah, it's really, same. really kind of crazy. So basically, um, having clean air in our homes is so important because, you know, we, we just mentioned we spend 90% of our time there. So this is sleeping and living. And like you said, school and work and everything mm-hmm. is usually indoors, but, Homes with heating and air conditioning systems rely on ductwork to deliver the warmed and cooled air, and it's easy to forget about the need to clean these because they're hidden from sight, and people don't think about that kind of thing. But in general, recommendation is that these ducts should be cleaned every five to ten years to remove the dust and the pet dander and the pollen and the mold that can collect in the system and spread throughout the house whenever the heat kicks on. And this is not exactly a do-it-yourself job. You'd need to hire a professional, um, but you need to be savvy about which company you choose. And apparently you'd want to hire someone who brushes to clean the system rather than vacuuming or using chemicals. Using chemicals to clean your heating system seems counterintuitive. It it really does. (laughs) I'm like, I don't... I don't think that I want that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I why um I wonder why the vacuuming. That's interesting. Maybe it just doesn't clean it as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would have no idea. And I mean I could try to guess, but I really would just totally be guessing. <laughs> because again, <laughs> you you don't you don't install or clean heating yeah. systems. Yeah. I mean, for a living. heating and air conditioning systems are not my thing. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> but maybe either. we should have had a professional on here to discuss that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know where I would find one that like 
would maybe be knowledgeable in a in a like holistic living sense, but right, I'm sure yeah, I don't know out there. So if you do have forced air heating, um, replacing the furnace filter four times a year will not only make your system more efficient in the way that it works, but it will also go a long way towards filtering out all of the dust and the mold spores and other contaminants um, and air filters as well. So when I was still a single lady, I literally, I like had no idea that these filters ever needed to be changed. Um, but you know, I always, I rented homes. Yeah, no, no clue. No one told me this growing up. Um, Not back then. But uh, I always had landlords that pretty much like took care of it, right? So when my husband right. and I moved in together, he was like constantly changing the air filters like once a month. And I would make fun of him because I'd be like, man, you are, you're super worried about those. Like you need, I think, and I felt like he was OCD about it. But then one time, um, you know, life was just kind of busy. It didn't get changed for a few months. And I actually noticed a big difference in yeah. our indoor air quality. Like I was sneezing. I had all these boogers in my nose every day. <laughs> it was really gross. Like itchy eyes. My contacts would bother me. And we yeah. have pets. So I'm sure that that makes a huge difference when it comes yeah, to remembering sure. to change your air filters. Um and then I didn't know this either because, again, not not a filter uh, expert, but instead <laughs> of using those, like, standard flat fiberglass filters, you're supposed to choose the pleated products. So they look like an accordion-folded paper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those are I always the I didn't know that ones. you were supposed to choose those, but that's what we always have gotten. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what we get, too, and I didn't know that there was a reason for it, um, but they need to have an MERV8 rating and you need to make sure that it seals any gaps around the filter. So like you can, you can seal them up with like duct tape or whatever. Um, the pleated filters are more effective than fiberglass at trapping like the really small particles. So the ones that you're likely to go ahead and inhale if they're not filtered through. I'm so glad we're doing this episode because I'm learning so much. I know. Me too. I was like, I had no idea. No idea. Yeah, I know that air quality is important and I've always, you know, gotten air filters and and air purifiers and Mm -hmm. such. But other than that, like my knowledge on the subject was just not pretty pretty cursory. Yeah, same. Right. But yeah, if a family member has allergies or chronic respiratory ailments, you can hire a contractor to upgrade your system with um, a media filter like the April Air Whole House Air Cleaner. Um, this is one that we found while researching, and it basically turns your heating system into an air purifier. So this just sounds really, really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it can cost around $1,000, but you'd have to and you'd have to replace the filter annually and that's about $50 but if you don't already have one you also want to add a humidifier to your furnace and um this helps with the dry winter air and it helps dehydrate the nasal and lung linings and making people uh less susceptible to asthma and congestion and viral infection yeah, this is something that I really, after researching this, I was like, man, I really want to do this with our home yeah. because, I mean, when you think about the benefits, $1,000 really isn't that much to put no, into not something. For something like this. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's going to sufficiently increase the air quality of your home over the long term. And like a right. $50 filter once a year. Yeah, that's is, probably cheap. That's way cheaper than changing it every month. Yeah. And- 
I mean, probably even everything. Yeah, that's super, super not a big deal. And like, I right. mean, a thousand dollars—that's a pretty affordable project, considering um, considering how efficient it's going to be at purifying your air. Um, so another great way that you can detox the air in your home that is not super expensive is to bring the outside in with plants. Uh, some oh, of yes. the best house plants that we found that are more efficient than others at removing pollution include bromeliads, dracaena, spider plants, and jade plants. Um, I have jade a plant. jade plant. <laughs> I've killed a lot of jade plants in oh, my no. life. Oh, I gosh, can't keep succulents good. alive. I think I water them <laughs> too much. Um, oh, I love but I love the way they look, but I just constantly buy new ones because they always die. Um, but I really like <laughs> spider plants. I think those are fun. And I like bromeliads too, but I've never, I've only had one before in my life and I killed it. I kill plants. It's what I do. <laughs> I'm not good at it. But so a general rule of thumb is that you need one plant per every 100 square feet to be most yeah. effective. And I mean, obviously this will change a little bit depending on the size of your plant. Um, but for those of us like me who aren't particularly green-thumbed, this can cause a problem. So <laughs> if you just absolutely cannot keep your plants alive, you can also purchase air purifiers. Um, like I said, plants are the less expensive option, obviously. But yeah. air pur- purifiers... And a more natural option. Yeah, obviously. definitely a more natural option. Um, <laughs> but air purifiers are also likely a little more efficient when it comes to taking out things like mold and pollen and pet dander like i don't think that plants are going to filter out pet dander no they Probably do a good not. job though on, yeah. on like taking out the formaldehyde yeah like absolutely. i read somewhere that the the snake plants like really mm-hmm. take out formaldehyde like super well yeah um so they're definitely and those beneficial. Are really cool. They're like the tall ones, right? No, yes, really tall I love with like those. Yellow, very variegated, and, and those are so easy to keep alive. I mean, I've still killed a few, but <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> I've been able it. to keep mine alive. I'm like, I make moldy really kombucha well. and I kill plants. <laughs> <laughs> That's who we are. <laughs> Just trying to live this healthy lifestyle. Hey, we, oh, it's okay. It's I just buy new it's ones like- when they die. I just buy new ones. I'm like, oh, that plant's dead. Let's go buy a new one. And they're really affordable. They're yeah. Okay, so let's talk about air purifiers because there are about a million and one options. Yes, exhaustive. Uh, and definitely overwhelming, but we did some research and we found some of the most highly recommended ones. Um, Intellipure Ultrafine 468. Now, this is a multi-stage air purification system designed for medium to large living spaces. And according to their website, um, it is proven to be 40 times more efficient than HEPA filters. And they remove 99.99% of harmful viruses, fungi molds, bacteria, down to 0.007 micron in size. That sounds pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, And they are currently utilized in hospitals, medical clean rooms, and government buildings. And these are the some of the quietest of their kind because, you know, some people don't like air purifiers because some of them can be kind of noisy, but mm-hmm. um, these are pretty quiet ones. And the highest quality EC motor resulting in 50% less operating cost. So super energy efficient as well. Super energy efficient. So that's good stuff. Um, 
So yeah, every single unit is individually certified and tested to guarantee 40 times higher efficiency than the HEPA. Nice. So the second option that we came across um, is the IQ Air Health Pro series. So these are like compact standalone air purifiers. And um, it has, so there's three options in this series. And the Health Pro Plus is probably the top choice for most people. Um, But according to the IQ Air website, some of the features is that it has more top reviews and awards than any other air purifier in its class. Um, It has 32% less sound across all of the fan speeds, so also a quieter option. It's designed to give the purest air possible with four stages of superior filtration and 320 degree airflow. And I was super curious as to why it's not 360 degree airflow. <laughs> I could not find out why. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just like a little back piece on it that like doesn't quite get all the way around. But it also comes with a 10 year warranty. Oh, um, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And IQ Air makes, so that series, they, they're like different sizes. And, um, so, you know, for different rooms in your home. Yeah. So another really good option that we found was the molecule. And this was the world's first molecular air purifier, according to their website. Yes, it does. <laughs> and, um, so also according to their website, this includes two filters, a pre-filter that captures larger particles like dust and pet hair, and then a nano filter that breaks down the pollutants at a molecular level when activated by light. It, this one also claims to be super, super quiet and super energy efficient. It destroys rather than collects pollutants so that nothing stays alive on the filter. I kind of like that idea. <clears throat> yeah, that is kind of cool. Definitely. So what kind of did it say on the website? What kind of light it used to to kill them and break them down? I did not see that on the website, but huh. that would definitely be something to go check out again and see if it does because super that is interesting. super interesting. Yeah, sure. yeah. And also, it destroys pollutants regardless of how small, including those one thousand times smaller than what HEPA can collect. And it is full spectrum, meaning it is the only product that eliminates the full range of indoor pollutants, including VOCs and viruses. We totally should be like getting a sponsor for these or something. No kidding. We are giving them some business here. Well, and I also I like that it um, that it that it takes out the VOCs because that's one of the um, to me that's one of the most important pollutants that you need to eliminate from your home because they're just, they're so incredibly toxic on such a high level. And it's one of those things, you know, just, and I feel like we go over this ad nauseum kind of, but, um, VOCs are one of those things where, you know, they, whoever they are has decided that, you know, X amount of this VOC is safe, but nobody's ever looking at, you know, you're taking in X amount of this and X amount of that and X amount of that. All of these VOCs combined over the course of the day or the week or your lifetime, and right. what the quote-unquote safe impact is of those. Exactly. So, And um, they are very, very toxic for um, developing babies as well. I just want to yeah. throw that in there. Yeah. So. so the humidity inside your house can also affect the concentration of some indoor air pollutants. So um, like high humidity keeps the air moist. This increases the likelihood of mold and mold spores. 
So you want to try to keep indoor humidity between about 30 and 50%. So um, you can use, you can just buy like a cheap moisture or humidity gauge. This is available at most hardware stores for just a couple of dollars. Um, so you can use one of those to kind of measure the humidity in your home and see if it's at a good level. And then you can use a vaporizer or a humidifier to increase the humidity, which, I mean, a lot of people do this probably in the wintertime. I know mm-hmm. I do. Like, when the heat is on all the time, the air gets so dry. And so I'm constantly running our humidifier, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, and then to decrease humidity, you can open the windows if it's not humid outdoors. And if it's warm, turn on the air conditioner. That will bring um, the humidity down a little bit. Or adjust the humidity setting on your humidifier if that's what's making it too humid. So all of this um, info about humidity, there's a whole lot more detail if you go to the EPA website. And we'll put a um, link in the show notes to the specific PDF that they have that speaks about how to care for your air um, regarding humidity. Yeah, it has a lot of really, really good information in that. Yeah, and then kind of bouncing off of the humidity, a major source of um, indoor air pollution stems from water water damage. Yeah, so um, the Federal Facilities Council estimated that 43% of current homes have water damage, while up to 85% have had past water damage. So once water damage occurs, mold can grow in like 24 to 48 hours. So super short time span there. Such yeah. a fast so bacteria, endotoxins, microbial volatile organic compounds are also a concern. But so like when we bought our house, we moved in and we didn't have the um, mold, like whatever evaluation done. We didn't have any mold testing done. And um, right, right after we moved in, my husband had to go to Mexico for work. And I thought like, I'm going to paint this whole living room while he's gone. So we <laughs> had these really disgusting um, crown molding things on one wall of our living room where the fireplace was. So it's like an exterior wall. So I get up there and I like pop these crown moldings off. And as I do, you know how drywall has like a paper sheet on the inside edge of it? Or maybe uh-huh. you don't know. I don't know how much drywall you've <laughs> looked at. Yeah, I don't but, know much about drywall either. <laughs> I don't either. But, <laughs> but it's got a paper sheet on the front. So uh-huh. I think um, I do know what you're talking about. With that. Yeah. So the when I popped the crown molding off, the paper sheet like just peeled off of the wall. And I was like, what is going on? So I pulled it the rest of the way off. And, you know, it had been painted several times over with, you know, they put the mud stuff on there or whatever. But that attached the paper sheet all just pulled off. When I pulled it down, it was just covered in mold. Oh, and my was, gosh. Yeah, which is, like, not something you want to find when you just moved into the house. <laughs> That is awful. And I like, like my husband is gone for the week and I'm like, do I need to go stay at my mom's with the kids? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how toxic this is. Right. So I peel it off and then I go do the same thing on the other side of the fireplace and peel it off. And what it was is it was, um, about probably about a foot and a half on each side of the fireplace from ceiling to about three quarters of the way down was just like covered in mold. Oh my goodness. So, like, I call my husband, and I'm like, oh, he's like, call the guy that did our inspection, see if he has any information. So, I did, and he was so super awesome. He, like, came to my house the next day, took a look at it, inspected to make sure the leak that had caused it wasn't current. So, what had happened is 
there had been a what had happened is there had been a leak um, at some point in time in the roof, like next to the fireplace, apparently on like either side of the fireplace. It was a big one. Um, and so the previous homeowners, after we moved in, we found that they were probably not the most handy people and they really kind of like half-assed a lot of, um, repairs. (laughs) So (laughs) apparently this leak went on for a while before they repaired it. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So So the inspector got up there and said like, he was like, you know, it's fine. The leak has been repaired, but what happened is like, water got down in there and so much water got in there and it was allowed to mold and nobody ever did anything about that. They just let it sit there. Yeah. And Oklahoma is humid enough that like once mold starts, it's probably not going to stop. So what did you do to like destroy the mold? So, well, we ended up not destroying it. So, um, the inspector said that, um, so his advice was, he was like, okay, First of all, all mold is basically toxic to one right. degree or another. Like, quote unquote, right. black mold or toxic mold is just a certain type. It has a certain, like, endotoxin that it releases, that the spore releases. And it's, um, he was like, you know, you can send it into a lab and pay $1,000 to find out if that's the type of mold this is or not. But all it's going to tell you is, yes, it is or no, it's not. And either way, you've got to get rid of it. So right. um, we basically cut out the drywall on either uh, side of the fireplace, like removed it all. Um, uh-huh. And then we got in there and we just cleaned it um, off of like, it was on the fireplace a little bit. It was mostly just the drywall. We got, oh, the insulation in the wall was super moldy, but we got really lucky. It was not on the studs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were able to basically take it out ourselves because it wasn't on the studs. If it had been on the studs, it would have been a huge deal. Like someone, I mean, it was an exterior wall. So like, that's not something I can fix. Oh my, my gosh. Yeah, my that... husband did most of it. I'm lucky he's pretty handy. Um, yeah, that's so was, crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. And we were afraid. We were like, oh my God, it's going to be the entire wall. I mean, we were lucky. It was just, you know, we ended up taking out, because the mold went out about a foot and a half on either side of the fireplace. And we took out probably like three or three and a half feet on either side just to make sure that we got all of it. Um But yeah, it was really crazy. So my advice to anyone buying a house is go ahead and have the mold testing done because it's only like $500. It's only like $500 to have your house tested. Yeah. And you'd be spending a lot more than that if you were having to. Yeah. I mean, if we had, right. If we had known, I mean, that would have been something that would have been like, you guys have to fix this before we buy the house or you have to like take money off of the price of the house so we can have it fixed. Like, you know, right. So we ended up just having to eat that cost, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I was just glad that we found it right away and we weren't like living here with it. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. Months oh my or gosh. Years. You definitely got lucky with that. Yeah. Pretty gross. So, um, yeah, that's my mold story, but <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. All right. Bet. So yeah, as we have mentioned, the air quality is so important and super important part of the optimal health journey. And if you have changed up your diet and you're exercising regularly and you're still not seeing improvements, there are other avenues you need to explore. And air quality is definitely um, one of those, the possibility of mold exposure <laughs> yes. is definitely one. Definitely. Of, 
yeah, of those things that you need to look at. And, so. you know, we talked about in our fibromyalgia episode how there are actually quite a few number of um, fibromyalgia cases that are misdiagnosed mold oh, toxicity. Yeah. So yeah. you guys can go back and listen to that as well for a little more information on that. But lots of yeah. options when it comes to eliminating toxins and keeping your air of a higher quality. Just, yeah, one more step you can take in maintaining that overall optimal health. Yes. All right. So thanks for listening and come find us on Instagram and wellness-speaks.com. Let us know what topics you want to hear more about.